I'll ask Doreen to come and read to us now from Scripture. It's all from Mark 11. The next day, as they were leaving Bethlehem, Bethany, sorry, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in need, he went to find out if there was any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it wasn't the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, <coughs> Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and do not doubt in your hearts, but believe, that what you say will happen, it will be done for you. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And we thank God for his message in it. What I want to share with you is actually is how often we say things and we all know what they mean, but you have no idea what the origin of the thing is. And I just thought, just as a preamble to what I'm going to preach off, which is the reading you've had that uh, Doreen has done so well, is that, listen to this, in Shakespeare times, in Shakespeare's time, mattresses were secured on bed frames by ropes. So when you pulled the ropes, the mattresses tightened, making the bird firmer to sleep on. And hence the phrase we use, good night, sleep tight. I didn't know that, did you? Nope. There's the first one. Now this one, I think... Um, I'm not picking on you two, I am really, but you two, this is for you, Patrick and Belle. It was the accepted practice in Babylon 4,000 years ago that for a month after the wedding, the bride's father, are you listening to me, a bride's father, would supply his son-in-law, Patrick, this is really good, yeah, with all the mead, mead he could drink. Now mead, of course, is a honey beer, and because their calendar in the days of Babylon, 4,000 years ago, 
was lunar-based, this period was called the Honey Month. Hence, we know it as the Honeymoon. I didn't know that, did you? Now, Patrick is going round to collect, <laughs> and um, Belle's father is going to be, um, well, okay. In English pubs, well, that'll make you all sit up, Ale is ordered by pints and courts in the old days. Pints and courts. So in old England, when customers got unruly, the bartender or the owner of the pub would yell, mind your pints and courts and settle down. And that's where we get the phrase about mind your P's and Q's. Did you know that? You, well, Doreen seemed to know. Many years ago in England, we will get to the word of God, don't worry, the end is in sight. In the England again, I don't know why I'm picking on pub ones, probably because it gets the men's attention. Pub frequenters, I like that phrase, had a whistle baked into the rim or the handle of their ceramic mugs. So when they went for a refill, they used to whistle to get some service and wet your whistle is the phrase that's inspired by that practice. So sometimes we say things and we have no idea of what the, uh, the phrase is said to do with. So what does that lead into? It leads into the fact that we don't, don't. My talk today is called Figure It Out. You may think it's a play on words because you've just heard about the fig and the fig tree, and it is. But you figure it out, you're asked to do. And so often we're asked to do that and we haven't got a clue, have we? Somebody says, figure it out. Sometimes we've got half the picture. Sometimes we've missed a bit. But you're supposed to figure it out. Use your head, they say to us. It's obvious. And we puzzle and we struggle and we can't figure it out. So it's good that God is not like that. He gives us good guidance, good ways, good evidence in his holy word, the Bible. It's there. How do we use it? How to find what we need in order to figure it out? Now, let's go back to this story. You may wonder that why, why out of all the Bible I felt it right to bring this reading about the fig tree. Well, this passage in Mark 11, it follows Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on a borrowed colt. He goes to the temple courts and we told that he looked around everywhere. Maybe it was his last proper earthly look at that area. And so, as it turns out to be late, he then goes to Bethany, we're told. Now, Bethany is the place where he's late, later anointed with the expensive perfume by that lady. And the perfume is called lard. Now, lard is not a very nice word to us, is it? And we think, well, what's that about? Why lard? You see, when they made perfume in that, those days, they made it in sealed boxes. And the sealed boxes were often full of fresh scented flowers and aromatic herbs. But they put them on top of a layer of fat called lard. And what happened was the fat absorbed the scent and the oils to make it Perfume, expensive perfume. So the next time you get hold of that lard, I've had some bad experiences lard. Ask me in the tea break. I've had two really bad ones. But that's what that's about. 
In verse 12, we see that Jesus is leaving Bethany and we're told he is hungry. Do you know that feeling? Hunger, you're really hungry, but you've got things to do. Maybe a long journey, maybe a hard amount of work, maybe mental work, maybe physical. But at that time, Jesus sees in the distance a fig tree, a leafy fig tree. And it's as if he has to go out of his way to get to the fig tree. And he's hungry and he's tired. And when he gets to it, no figs, no fruit, no satisfaction for his hunger in all that heat of Israel. I went out last night in the teeth of the storm and I cut from my fig tree this piece of fig to show you. And this fig tree actually has the sign of fruit. There's the leaf. And there's the buds where the fig will come from. The fig tree always, always has signs of fruit in it. This one Jesus comes to has not got that. I'm going to put that there as a reminder. So he's faced with that. Now note in the scripture, he speaks direct to the tree. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And it says, everyone heard him say this. Now we know that he then goes to the temple court again. Now remember, Doreen, that Jesus wrecked the property before he went back again. He went round the temple courts before he went to Bethany. So he saw what was offensive, but he didn't react immediately. And we know that when he went back and he looked around at everything on that previous day, but he then goes back to the temple and overgo the tables. The doves take flight and the money goes flying too. Nice picture for you, Doreen. Hold on to it. But for us today, consider verse 20, please. Verse 20 of, Matthew, of, 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 uh, that, of this verse says, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered, withered from the roots. And Peter says to Jesus, Rabbi, and we all know that means teacher, teacher, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Now usually trees and flowers wilt and die from the leaves and branches down, don't they, Carol? You get these flowers here, what happens is you have to do it again. They wilt and they go. And beautiful flowers again. You know, again, we have a gift operating here through Carol, and look at it, the fruit of the gift. The fruit of the fig tree wasn't there. The fruit of Carol's ability to take flowers. And she says, I'll oh, just stick them in. Well, look, that's just sticking them in. But we know that that's more than that. But that, if Carol doesn't tend to them in due course and doesn't throw away the old and dead, they will wilt and die and go. So what happens is that they do not die from the roots. This fig tree that was cursed by Jesus was cursed from the roots up. Now, we know from other scriptures in the Bible that we are part of the vine. And that as part of the vine, we are to bear fruit. The vine with no grapes produces no wine. I'll say that again. The vine with no grapes produces no wine. The fig tree with no fruit is as useless as the vine cuttings that are gathered up and burnt in other parts of scripture. As Christians... In, when our life is over and we go to account 
to Jesus. It's clear that as we are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. A deep point here, no condemnation means no condemnation. But we have an accountability as individuals before Jesus for our gifts and how we have used them. All Christians, everybody sitting in front of me here, has at least one gift, at least, often many more, but at least one. Put simply, are you leafy in your Christian life or are you not fruitful? Because if you're not fruitful, you're just leafy like that fig tree was, there's a problem, the problem in your accountability. Not your salvation, not your salvation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Do you remember last Christmas, those gifts you bought for children and relations? And you wrapped them all up nice and they've got a label. But does the gift stay in the paper when you give it to somebody? No, it, for my sons, it's torn open and all that lovely wrapping you ladies have done. And the contents in the box are then opened and put together by us ever-willing fathers. Yes, we put them all together, we, whatever the bits that need to be done. But then when you open the battery cover for the thing that you've bought, you realize that there's a problem. And you look at the box, and the box has the magic words, batteries not included. No batteries, no power, no fruit of it working. It says in Scripture we should earnestly desire, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You see, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts are closely linked. The fruit and the gift is linked. As a chapel, to be Christ-like in love, essential. The joy, the peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can read that in Galatians chapter 5. That's talking about those elements whereby we are more and more like Jesus as we work and work out more of those. Now, those are the fruit. That's the fig. That's the fig. But the power to outwork that, to energize the fruit, is the spiritual gifts. And those gifts are all service gifts, except for the singular gift of tongues, which is given up individually to build you up. All the other gifts are service gifts to serve others, to serve the community, to serve people, in terms of healing and everything else. You see, the power, the outworking to energize the fruit, to get into those spiritual gifts, are, is something that we just, it, it says this in Scripture, I love this. In 1 Corinthians 12, it, Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, that you, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different types of service, but in all of them, and in everyone, everyone, that's you, it is the same God at work. God at work. So do you want more of God at work here? More fruit? More personal spiritual growth, more families, more youth, more young people, more blessings given and received. You see, again, it's the word and the works. 
If I preach from the Bible and there are no works, it's empty. If I'm doing all the good works, as we all know, and there's no Bible, that's empty. The word and the works working together. Can I come here, please, and see a packed chapel? Packed and packed and packed. Do you know what it's going to be like? It'll be like those figs you buy at Christmas. You know those packs? They're all packed together, aren't they? And they've got that wonderful plastic thing. How does that plastic thing down the figs in those things grow? There must be a place out in the Middle East there where they've got them all growing on plastic trees. Take the point. The figs are full. The harvest is plentiful. And there it is. And there is an order to it. And it's not just with new people. It's not numbers. But in all of you, in all of us, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit flowing and working in all its fullness. Jesus said this, Do not doubt in your heart. Do not doubt, but believe that what you will say will happen. And it will be done for you. And he also said this, And therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, and believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Finally. So when you come, as we all will, to Jesus, will you be in a position of having the fruit released, the spiritual gifts received and working, the accountability. And Jesus will look at you and says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Well done, you good and faithful servant. And I want to add a bit to that. I want to say, he looks at you and says, you figured it out. Let's pray now. Let's pray to receive more gifts, more fruits, more faith, more belief, more knowing. You've already prayed it. You said, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. So we're going to ask now that what you've already asked in song, dear Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, <clears throat> please come now and refill us with your Holy Spirit now, with your gifts, your power, the fruit and the release of the gifts. We ask for the batteries to be included, Lord, that we will not be like empty wine bottles or fig trees without fruit, that we won't just be leafy Christians, that we will be fruitful Christians and plentiful as the figs are so profuse and multiple, Lord. We need like that in this chapel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us again, each one. If you want to stand with your hands open, do so. If you want to sit with open hearts, do so. If you are challenged by any part of this, then ask the Lord to forgive you for where you have been frozen and unable to move. And ask him to touch the desires of your heart, where your passions are, so that you can be used. So that you can stand before Jesus at the end of your life. And he says, you good and faithful servant. Come, Holy Spirit, now. In this time of silence, Lord, just bless each person who asks. And when you ask, you will receive. It says in Scripture, you will receive. May that be so now, in Jesus' name.